0: share May it, May 9th. In Jesus' name. So be it. Amen. Okay. Amen. You're on. Okay, today, let's see. I'd like to share a testimony that I received in the mail, and it's actually from Pastor Prince, but as I read it, wow, I said, this makes so much sense. It says, uh, dear friend, some time ago, I dealt with a persistent and chronic pain. I had been believing God. I had been... Who's talking I said... That
1: Thank you so much. Let's go ahead and pray. I stopped the recording, switching over. Um, let's go ahead and pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for today's word that is timely. You asked me to to look in here and record something for the folks. This is from 2016, folks. 6 7 years ago, May 9th. And I and I have been married for 12 years and we've been we call it our university marriage because we were interested by the word of God and scripture sent back and forth. We didn't know each other in the beginning, and all we knew is what with scriptures we liked, and that went back and forth. So I knew her evangelistic heart before I ever saw her. It's kind of like a, a mail order bride type of situation, but in this modern age is called a text order bride i text her said hey will you marry me your sister said you were in the church blah 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 and she said no now we've been married for 12 years (laughs) that'll teach her let's pray heavenly father we thank you in jesus name make a way for us give us ears to hear and eyes to see Your love and your kindness, thank you so much for your mercy. Every day we sleep good, that's your mercy. Our immune system works well, that's your mercy, Lord. And it's the things that we do to ourselves that we have to call on you for help. On your mercy again. So open up the heavens, Lord, and pour that healing through the blood of your son, Jesus Christ. The financial miracles through your son, Jesus Christ. And it is finished, it is done. And the the ministry and the what to do with our hands and the work of our hands, bless it and make it obvious, Lord. Establish it in Jesus' name, Amen. Here we go. Here's Anna. Can we kiss? Okay, Bamboo. Okay, I'm ready. You're on. <laughs> Hi. Um-
0: I received this personal testimony in the mail from Pastor Joseph Prince. And uh, as I read through it, I thought, oh, what a revelation. Uh, And the title of the letter says, Would you like to have enough faith for any and every breakthrough you need? And I'll read the letter. It says, Dear friend, some time ago I dealt with a persistent and chronic pain. I had been believing God. I had been confessing and speaking against it, commanding it to go, but the pain was still there. One day the Lord spoke to me while I was speaking to my problem. He said, what are you doing? I answered, Lord, I'm believing this pain to leave me now. I'm I'm believing this pain leaves me now. And I really thought I was believing in him when I said that. He asked me, son, has it left? And I replied, no, it's still there. Then something amazing happened. The Lord said to me, would you like to know why you still have this pain? Of course I did. Sensing this was going to be a teaching moment, I asked the Lord to show me why the pain had not left. Son, you are putting faith in your faith. He said, do you believe I have faith for your miracle? What an amazing question. It wasn't about my efforts, my ability or my ability to do or say the right thing or even my faith. It was about something much greater. We can receive everything Jesus has to offer, including his faith. I I eagerly answered, yes, Lord, I believe. Then he gently instructed me to simply rest in that belief. And you know what? One day, soon after that conversation with the Lord, the chronic condition was gone. I was completely healed. Beloved, I shared this story with you today because I want you to see that whatever you're believing for in your life, healing, restoration, favor, provision, none of these come because you have faith in your own faith. Today, no matter what you need, you can simply rest in the unwavering faith of Jesus and watch God do the miraculous in your life it's vital for us to have a biblical understanding of how faith works because everything we receive in the new covenant is through faith salvation healing grace provision favor we receive them all through faith it's no longer a question of are you holy enough to be healed or are you good enough to see a miracle yes those questions were asked in the old testament because under the law it all depended on how well you performed in order for god to bless you but god has found fault with that system merit earning deserving this is no longer how god deals with us in the new covenant today we are forgiven not because we come from a good family today we're healed not because of good things we have done today we receive hold not because we prayed uh, a formula a prayer today we are blessed not because we're better than someone else every gift from the father comes because of Jesus he paid for them all having faith is simply looking to Jesus believing and receiving what he's uh, already given but too many times we turn faith into deserving something akin to works and all of a sudden our faith becomes a struggle and we wonder if we have enough faith or if we can muster up enough faith. Beloved, the answer to your prayer is not found in how strong your faith is, it's found in how strong Jesus' faith is. I'm reminded of the father who brought his son to Jesus in Mark chapter 9. The boy, this boy had an unclean spirit and would often suffer from convulsions, foaming at the mouth and dangerous self-destructive behavior. Jesus asked the father if he believed he could heal the boy. Do you remember what the father said in response? With tears in his eyes, this father cried out, Lord, I believe, help my unbelief. Mark chapter nine, verse 24. What a powerful proclamation. This desperate father realized his faith was inconsistent. So he took his little bit of faith, Lord, I believe, and hooked it up to Jesus's solid unwavering faith. And the boy was healed delivered and set free. As you think about that story, I want to encourage you to look to Jesus today if you have a need in your life, remembering this. Jesus is the only one with 100% unwavering faith. As Hebrews 12, 2 says, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. You notice that the word our in that verse is in the italics. That's because it wasn't in the original Greek. Literally, that verse is interpreted looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of the faith. Mm. The faith, it's not about our faith. Jesus is the author and finisher of the faith. The faith. The faith. That is why everyone who came to Jesus received faith. Peter received faith to cast his net once again. John chapter 21, verse 6. Zacchaeus received faith to change his sinful ways. Luke chapter 19, verse 8. The woman caught in adultery received faith to believe she was forgiven. John chapter 8, verse 11. The man with the shriveled hand received faith to stretch forth his hand and be healed. Matthew chapter 12, verse 13. <clears throat> but Jesus is the author and finisher of the faith. When these men and women believed that he loved them and could rescue them from their situations, they received his grace, forgiveness, and healing. Beloved, I want... You, I want to help you to do the same thing today. Whatever you're praying for health, finances, a relationship issue, a wayward child, a business decision. I want to help you discover how you can rest in his faith. A faith that never wavers. Amen.
1: I think I got it. I think I got it. Anna. You said uh, that Jesus the faith is like a person. It's like Mm-hmm. The faith, the faith, the faith of Jesus. Right. Right? Right. Yeah. And give it to me in a nutshell again. Well,
0: a lot of times we all say, um, I think that's what struck for me is that uh, in the verse in Hebrews it says, Jesus is the author and finisher of the faith. Because mm, okay, remember the italics. It's yeah. finished product. It's yes. finished like, product.
1: Like the blessing.
0: Exactly. When Je- Everything goes back to the cross. When Jesus says it's finished, we got to take that word and it's done. It is finished mm-hmm. because and Jesus completed it.
1: So, and so incorporate faith into this. It is finished. Faith is finished. Faith is here. Already provided and for Faith will work for us. For we, any situation. If, if, we, if you skillfully know how to use it. Right. You know, I right. have faith. Right. I have to speak it out.
0: Now, we, we have to, um, you know, by faith receive all that he's provided. Because remember, we operate in the unseen realm, not the natural realm. Okay, what the news tells me about uh, gloom and doom isn't what the kingdom tells me about. So I have to go up to a higher level, see the things through the perspective of the Lord Jesus on the cross, and say, it's done. It is finished. I receive it. I believe it. Amen. So
1: the way I understand, so coupling it together this morning's teaching with uh, Fred Price, he was saying how he he doesn't know how he's... uh, it's television receives signals, okay. you, know, yeah. that, that, uh, you know, without wires. Mm-hmm. And it just made me realize it's how we get signals to heaven without wires. is through our voice. We are mm, beautiful, amplifiers. Beautiful. We are
0: transmitters. Transmitters. Yeah. We
1: transmit and by and we activate our faith by transmitting.
0: We transmit the word of God.
1: I the believe, therefore I speak. Right. I Amen. transmit, yes. therefore I speak. Yes. Yes. Uh, and and then it's uh, the transmitter goes into 50,000 watts when we speak in tongues. It transmits to all the elements, transmits. If everything's already done, every blessing is here, and every blessing is here on earth, then our communication should really be around us. Like when Jesus spoke, let there be. He said, thank you for the bread. Yes. Thank you for the fish.
0: Yeah, and, you know, we have to remember, this is a real good... Um, testimony a personal testimony by by pastor Prince it happened to him I mean you know as much as he's teaching the word of God and it's like how often do we put it in our own hands our faith and saying it's by our faith that we are doing these things and that to me is what what went off you know but as we speak God's word as you indicated, What we begin to do is we begin to co labor with God to get the job done. God wants to work with us, teach us, and let us take that authority that we have on this earth as He said we had. Amen. And begin to take what's ours on heaven and bring it down to the earth.
1: She said, Lord Jesus, thank you for the faith you provided. I need your faith for this project, Lord. I give it to you over so that it may be successful. Lord, your word says that whatever we give to you Lord God you will help us with it and Lord we give our Lord we, you have given us your faith Lord and we thank you for this faith and we set it before us that it may go before us Lord and will make our work successful the hands of our give us success the hands of our works according to your Psalms Lord in Psalm 90 give us victory Lord according to your love and your faith Amen Amen Awesome Would you like to finish prayer?
0: Um Father God, I thank you that we have all that we need down here on this earth, Lord. And we thank you that we by faith we access what Jesus did on the cross, Lord. And we just we just receive every blessing that, that Jesus brought on the cross by the atonement, Lord. Everything that we need has been provided for us and our families, Lord. And we just we're just so grateful, Lord, that we have Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, Lord. Thank you, Father. We just bless you, and we thank you, and we love you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Okay, May 9th,
1: 1 Samuel 5 to chapter 7, verse 17. 1 Samuel 5.1 After the Philistines captured the ark of God, they took it from the battleground at Ebenezer, at the town of Ashdod. They carried the ark of God into the temple of Dagon and placed it beside an idol of Dagon. But when the citizens of Ashdod went to see it in the next morning, Dagon had fallen with his face to the ground in front of the ark of the Lord. So they took Dagon and put him in his place again. But the next morning the same thing happened. Dagon had fallen face down before the ark of the Lord again. This time his head and hands had broken off, and were lying in the doorway. Only the trunk of his body was left intact. That is why to this day neither the priest of Dagon nor anyone who enters the temple of Dagon in Ashdod will step on its threshold. Then the Lord's heavy hand struck the people of Ashdod and the nearby villages with a plague of tumors. When the people realized what was happening, they cried out, We can't keep the ark of God of Israel here any longer. He is against us. We will be destroyed along with Dagon, our God. So they called together the rulers of the Philistine towns and asked, What shall we do with the ark of the God of Israel? The rulers discussed it and replied, Move it to the town of Gath. So they moved the ark of God to the of Israel to Gath. But when the ark arrived at Gath, the Lord's heavy hand fell on his men, young and old. He struck them with a plague of tumors and there were the great panic. So they sent the Ark of God to the town of Ekron. But when the people of Ekron saw it coming, they cried out, they are bringing the Ark of God of Israel here to kill us too. The people summoned the Philistine rulers again and begged them, please send the Ark of God of Israel back to its own country or it will kill us all. For the deadly plague from God has already begun and great fear was sweeping across the town. Those who didn't die were afflicted with tumors, and a cry from the town. The cry from the town rose to heaven. Chapter 6, verse 1. The ark of the Lord remained in Philistine territory seven months in all. Then the Philistine called in their priests and diviners and asked them, What shall we do about the ark of the Lord? Tell us how to return it to its own country. Send the ark of God of Israel back with a gift, they were told. Send a guilt offering so that the plague will stop. Then if you are healed, you will know it was his hand that caused the plague. What sort of guilt offering should we send, they asked. And they were told, since the plague has struck both you and your five rulers, make five gold tumors and five gold rats, just like those that have ravaged your land. Make these things to show honor to the God of Israel. Perhaps then he will stop afflicting you, your gods and your land. Don't be stubborn and rebellious as Pharaoh and the Egyptians were. By the time God was finished with them, they were eager to let Israel go. Now build a new car and find two cows that had just given birth to calves. Make sure the cows have never been yoked to a cart. Hitch the cows to the cart but shut their calves away from them in a pen. Put the ark of the Lord on the cart and besides it place a chest containing the gold rats and gold tumors you are sending as a guilt offering. Then let the cows go wherever they want. If they cross the borders of our land and go to Beth Shemesh, we will know it was the Lord who brought this great disaster upon us. If, if they don't, we will know it was not his hand that caused the plague. It came simply by chance. So these instructions were carried out. The two cows were hitched to the cart and their newborn calves were shut up in the pen. Then the ark of the Lord and the chest containing the gold rats and gold tumors were placed in the cart. And sure enough, without veering off in the other direction, the cows went straight along the road towards Beth Shemesh, lowing as they went. The Philistine rulers followed them as far as the border of Beth Shemesh. The people of Beth Shemesh were harvesting wheat in the valley, and when they saw the ark, they were overjoyed. The cart came into the field of a man named Joshua and stopped beside a large rock. So the people broke up the wood of the cart for a fire and killed the cows and sacrificed them to the Lord as a burnt offering. Several men of the tribes of Levi lifted the ark of the Lord chest and chest containing the gold rats and gold tumors from the cart and placed them on the large rock. Many sacrifices and burnt offerings were offered to the Lord that day by the people of Bethshemesh. The five Philistines rulers watched all this and then returned to Ekron that same day. The five gold tumors sent by the Philistines as a guilt offering to the Lord were gifts from the rulers of Ashdod, Gasa, Ashkelon, Gath, and Ekron. The five gold rats represented the five Philistine towns and the surrounding villages, which were controlled by five rulers. The large rock of Beth Shemesh where they set the ark of the Lord, still stands in the field of Josh as a witness to what happened there. But the Lord killed 70 men from Beth Shemesh because they looked into the ark of the Lord. And the people mourn greatly because of what the Lord has done. Who is able to stand in the presence of the Lord? This holy God, they cried out. Where can we send the ark from here? So they sent messengers to the people of Kiriath-Jerim and told them the Philistines have returned the ark of the Lord, come here and get it. So the men of Kiriath-Jerim came to get the ark of the Lord. They took it to the hillside home of Abinadab and ordained Eliasar his son, to be in charge of it. The ark remained in kiriath Jearim for a long time, 20 years in all. During that time, all Israel mourned because it seemed the Lord has abandoned them. Then Samuel said to all the people of Israel, If you are really serious about wanting to return to the Lord, get rid of your foreign gods and your images, Asherah determined to obey only the Lord, then he will rescue you from the Philistines. So the Israelites got rid of their images of Baal and Ashtaroth and worship only the lord then samuel told him gather all of israel to Mizpah, and i will pray to the lord for you so they gathered at Mizpah, and in a great ceremony drew water from a well and poured it out before the lord they also went without food all day and confessed that they had sinned against the lord it was at Mizpah that samuel began he became israel's judge when the Philistines' rulers heard that the Israelites had gathered at Mizpah, they mobilized their army and advanced. The Israelites were badly frightened when they learned that the Philistines were approaching. Don't stop pleading with the Lord our God as to save us from the Philistines, they begged Samuel. So Samuel took a young lamb and offered it to the Lord as a whole burnt offering. He pleaded with the Lord to help Israel, and the Lord answered him. Just as Samuel was sacrificing the burnt offering, the Philistines arrived to attack Israel. But the Lord spoke with a mighty voice of thunder from heaven that day. And the Philistines were thrown into such confusion that the Israelites defeated them. The men of Israel chased them from Mizpah to a place below Bethkar, slaughtering them all along the way. Samuel then took a large stone and placed it in between the towns of Mizpah and Jeshanah. He named it Ebenezer, Ebenezer, which means the stone of help. For he said, Up to this point, the Lord has helped us. So the Philistines were subdued and didn't invade Israel again for some time. And throughout Samuel's lifetime, the Lord's powerful hand was raised against the Philistines. The Israelite villages near Ekron and Gath the Philistines had captured were restored to Israel, along with the rest of the territory that the Philistines had taken. And there was peace between Israel and the Amorites in those days. Samuel continued as Israel's judge for the rest of his life. Each year he traveled around setting up his court, first at Bethel, then at Gilgal, and then at Mizpah. He judged the people of Israel at each of these places. Then he would return to his home at Ramah, and he would hear cases there too. And Samuel built an altar to the Lord at Ramah. Did you pick up anything on this?
0: I'm always having a hard time concentrating.
1: Okay, let me read to John chapter six, verse one. Mm-hmm. Because it's late, it's almost going to be nine. After this, Jesus crossed over to the far side of the Sea of Galilee, also known as the Sea of Tiberius. A huge crowd followed him wherever he went because they saw his miracles, signs as he healed the sick. No. Then Jesus climbed the hill and sat down with the disciples around him. It was nearly time for the Jewish Passover celebration. Jesus soon saw a huge crowd of people coming to look for him. Turning to Philip, he asked, Where can we buy bread to feed all these people? He was testing Philip, for he already knew what he was going to do. Wow. Philip replied, Even if you work for months, we wouldn't have enough money to feed them. Then Andrew, Simon's Peter brother, spoke up. There's a young boy here with five barley loaves and two fishes. But what good is that with this huge crowd? Tell everyone to sit down, Jesus said to them. They all sat down on the grassy slopes. The men also numbered about five thousand. Then Jesus took the loaves, gave thanks to God, and distributed to them, to the people. Afterwards, he did the same with the fish. And they all ate as much as they wanted. After everyone was full, Jesus told his disciples, Now gather the leftovers so nothing is wasted. So they picked up the pieces and filled twelve baskets with scraps left by the people who had eaten from the five barley loaves. When the people saw him do this miracle, they exclaimed, Surely he is the prophet we have been expecting. When Jesus saw that they were ready to force him to be their king, he slipped away into the hills by himself. That evening, Jesus' disciples went down to the shore to wait for him. But as darkness fell and and Jesus still hadn't come back, they got in the boat and headed across the lake toward Capernaum. Soon a gale swept down upon them, and the sea grew very rough. They had rowed three or four miles, when suddenly they saw Jesus walking on the water toward the boat. They were terrified, but he called out to them, don't be afraid, I am here. Then they were eager to let him in the boat, and immediately they arrived at their destination. Amen. Amen. Uh, I like right here when Jesus said, he looked up and he just gave thanks. Thanks, that was the prayer. Thanks to God. I read where there was a, a, a medical doctor that wanted to get closer to, to God, so he started saying all these medical terms for his ligaments and for his veins and and everything, and, and he just uh, you know fell in love more with God. But like, you just, but thank you, thank you, Lord, for my vocal cords that I can read Your Word and concentrate.
0: The one thing about him, he said that um he was testing Andrew because um he knew what he was going to say already. So it, it's like, I mean, just the response was like, we have, uh, was it, uh, two two fish and five barley loaves? So what is that among so many? You know, we've got this among so many. But they had already seen his miracles happening, right? They should have been miracle. They should have
1: prone. been. I do happened. Yeah, they said, man, you can do anything, God, you know. Yeah. Okay, here we go. Praying the, for showing mercy and righteous anger. Prayings, praise God for showing us mercy and amid righteous anger, in the midst of righteous anger. Psalms 106, 13 to 31. Yet how quickly they, the Israelites, forgot what he had done. They wouldn't wait for his counsel. That is important. They would not wait for his counsel. In the wilderness, the desires ran wild, testing God's patience in the dry wasteland. So he gave them what they asked for, but he sent a plague along with it. The people in the camp were jealous of Moses and envious of Aaron, the Lord's holy priest. Because of this, the earth opened up and swallowed Dathan and buried Abiram and the other rebels. Fire fell upon those, their followers and flame consumed the wicked. The people made a calf at Mount Sinai. They bowed before an image made of gold. They traded their glorious God for a statue of grass-eating bull. They forgot God, their Savior, who had done such great things in Egypt, such wonderful things in the land of Ham, such awesome deeds at the Red Sea. So he declared he would destroy them. But Moses had chosen one step between the Lord and the people. He begged him to turn from his anger and do not destroy them. The people refused to enter the pleasant land, and they wouldn't believe his promises to care for them. Instead, they grumbled their tents and refused to obey the Lord. Therefore, he solemnly swore that he would kill them in the wilderness, that he would scatter their descendants among the nations, exiles them to distant lands. Then our ancestors joined in the worship of bow and pearl. They even ate sacrifices offered to the dead. They angered the Lord with all these things, so a plague broke out among them. But Phinehas had the courage to intervene, and the plague was stopped. He has been regarded as a righteous man ever since that time. Amen. Interesting. Proverbs fourteen thirty-two to 33 The wicked are crushed by disaster, but the godly have a refuge when they die. Amen. Wisdom is enshrined in an understanding heart. Wisdom is not among fools. Wisdom is enshrined in an understanding heart. Amen. Bless the Lord.